business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's five minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining me. On the line today, we have George Herman, who's Director and Chief Investment Officer at Citadel. George, welcome to High FM. Good afternoon, Avi. Thank you very much. Great. Wonderful to have you. George, let's jump straight into it. You've written a really interesting piece about the difference between active and passive investment. If we had to stop the average man on the street and say to them, Please tell us the difference. We'll just get this blank stare. So maybe mm-hmm. let's take a step back. And before we start getting into the technicalities and the nuts and bolts and mechanics of how this thing works, when I come to a company like Citadel and say, I've got money to invest, I want to have a moderate portfolio, and then I say, guys, do the rest. What is that? Is that active or is that passive? <laughs> that is most definitely active. Right. Army. So the process then is to find the appropriate asset allocation to suit that objective that you stated in that uh, instruction you gave me. So let's say we now allocate to South African equities, to global equities, to South African bonds, to global bonds, and to some alternative products. So that was the easy part of the asset allocation theoretically. Then comes how do we implement that? So when I say South African equities – How do we go about buying your South African equities? Now, the traditional methodology is typically where you find a manager, a reputable manager, and however you decide to choose such a manager, and then that manager will actively make decisions which equities to buy in the South African equity universe. The other possibility of doing that or the way of expressing SA equities is to, in fact, buy the index that represents South African equities. That's not as an easy answer to to make right there and then because there are many different indices. But let's let's you choose one and then you literally buy a basket of shares that replicates that exact index. In other words, you passively purchase a basket of shares that represents SA equities. And that's kind of the distinction between the active and the passive, but they are both uh, implementation strategies rather than asset management strategies. Excellent. So I would. So the bottom line is that the the first active part is getting up, showing up, saying this is what I want to do, and then it's a decision whether I'm going to go with a particular fund manager or fund managers and give them a mandate or follow the mandate that they have on their equity portfolio and let them do their thing, buy and sell as time goes by, or I'm going to buy the index, put it under the mattress, so to speak, and just sit and wait. Yes, Avi, you described it very nicely, but you only described two of the three processes. Right. The first active process, as you said, was to get up and make the decision and to find an advisor, somebody to assist you in finding the second step is the correct asset allocation for your personal objective. Uh That is the most important investment decision you will ever make is the asset allocation that you apply to your assets 
for your to uh, achieve your long-term investment objectives. And that is undoubtedly an active decision. But I don't want to go into that debate. It's irrelevant. And then the third part is the implementation of it. And any one of those different strategies should then achieve your long-term objectives. Fantastic. George, if you wouldn't mind just staying with us, we need to run to the shops quickly, and I'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's 11 minutes past 12, and on the line with me is Director and Chief Investment Officer of Citadel, George Herman. George, are you still with us there? I am indeed. Wonderful. George, let's get straight into it now. So the person's done the deed. They've walked through your front doors. They've sat down with the financial advisor. They've done everything they need to do, and then they bring up the word costs. And they said, I heard at a braai or my wife's hairdresser told her that your costs are very high or that costs is the difference between retiring with a Ferrari and with, with nothing. How would you approach that? That is such a regular occurrence. So you've touched right on the button. Avi, I want to ask you in return, what purchase decision in your life do you make? where cost is the first and only criteria you use in making your decision as to what, which one of the products you're going to buy. Personally, um, I can answer that. Personally, cost yeah. is most probably one of the last things I look at. Yes, 100%. Somebody jokingly told me the other day, short-term insurance, and it was the first time somebody had ever answered me on that question. But you're 100% right. Cost is an important factor, but it shouldn't be the first and the only and unfortunately, the purveyors and the providers of certain passive solutions have focused on the cost issue and extrapolating that as if they are the only people who can provide indexation or market exposure cheaply, which is incorrect. Anybody can do that, and active managers have been doing that for a long time inside their solutions. But in any case, back to your question, uh, cost is an important issue. It's an important issue in the overall industry. And you should only pay for a service that you get. 100% agree. And I think the laws also, I mean, legislation's moved in that way where there's a constant renewal of commission that has to be done. And, um, statements are sent through to clients. And these days they're very nicely broken down. So you can see all the costs that are there and all the costs that sort of uh, apply directly to your investment. But George, let's, let's take, uh, you know, the, the, the meat of the topic, which is the difference between active and passive. And maybe let's just circumvent the whole issue of costs. Are costs a determining factor when it comes to, to, to choosing between active and passive, especially if you're going to have a mixture of both in your portfolio? That is an important point. Uh, well, all these points are. But in any case, uh, the cost of the overall solution is important. And because it is important, the one way of reducing the cost is for years, managers, and I'm now not splitting between passive or active, any person who has managed a pool of assets have used a, an approach which is commonly known as core and active uh, or core and satellite, and that strategy has been used for the last 50 years. And that core component of any portfolio has always been managed extremely passively, not to turn it around, to save costs, to keep the cost down, and only on the periphery to change shares. And the reason for that is mostly because of the dramatically changed fundamentals or for risk management purposes. And that is kind of uh, how you use both. So, yes, undoubtedly, any 
well-constructed portfolio will include both these strategies. And hence, I tongue-in-cheek through the rock back at the passive guys who market their products by trashing active. And I think it's a poor marketing strategy. They should rather focus on the good things of their own product uh, and then it'll be perfect because we agree with that and we use indexation and passive extensively in our solutions, although we be labeled as active because we advise clients on the asset allocation. George, what it really boils down to, if I read between the lines, is good advice. Sit down with somebody who, number one, knows what they're talking about. Be prepared to pay for that experience because you'd pay a doctor if you went there. And listen to the knowledge, experience, and academic qualification that the person has, and then weigh up the costs at the end. But if that's your starting point, then you're putting the horse before the cart, the cart before the horse, so to speak. That is absolutely correct. And along with the experience comes resources, systems, exposure to global players, things that an individual that sits behind his desk at his home, even if he spends as much time as we do on the subject, does not have access to. And this gives us global information that gets provided to the client in that advice process. And absolutely agree, if you use only cost, you're going to unfortunately preclude yourself from brilliant input into your own decision-making framework. Great. And then let's start getting into <clears throat> some of the details you put down here. You know, one of the things we hear all the time is diversify, diversify, diversify. Make sure that you've got things all over the show. And I often think about it. I remember when I was in, in Varsity and they were discussing this concept and I was trying to get my head around it. I just kept seeing an elastic band that got stretched in every single direction and that eventually it was just going to snap and you will end up with nothing. Is there a risk of over-diversifying? Absolutely, there's a risk of over-diversification. Diversification's benefit reduces at the margin. So when you go from one asset to two assets, that's an enormous improvement in your outcome. If you go from two to three, it's a big improvement. But when you go from 33 to 34, the marginal improvement Uh of that diversification benefit is very, very little. So there's a point in every investment universe where the benefits of diversification gets diluted away by the additional cost of an additional security into that portfolio. So that is very important. So, yes, over-diversification means that for every bad thing that strikes the market out there, you will own some of it. Whereas with a more concentrated portfolio, if the portfolio was well-risk-managed, you could avoid most of those bad apples. That, that, you know, that, that is exactly the point because it's always sold the other way around. Diversify yes. the risk out. And what you're basically no. saying is by over-diversifying, you're in, inviting the risk in. Because then you own a little bit of everything. So every little pawpaw that eats mm-hmm. the fan anywhere in the world, you will own a piece of that. And that is the other side of over-diversification. Correct. Great. George, I'm going to take you a little bit off script here. I just want to ask you a question come through about correlation. Someone's yep. saying to me that they've got a portfolio, um, it's in an endowment, they've got five different balance funds with five different companies. And they were told that because that's correctly correlated. Please could you just flesh that out a little bit? Gladly, and I'll also provide an opinion if I may. Absolutely. Um, um, firstly, correlation refers to the co-movement of either securities, portfolios, or asset classes. So if you have 
products that are highly correlated, in other words, they move in the exact same fashion, then quite frankly, you are not achieving diversification because they do the same thing. So if you have instruments that are not correlated, then they provide you with much better diversification. So let's go into this. So in a balanced fund, a balanced fund essentially consists of two portions, uh, equity portion and a fixed income, or let's call it bonds on the other side. And let's say the average uh, balance fund is something like 70-30 of 70 of equity and 30 of fixed income. So in, in growth times, the equity market runs, but the fixed income doesn't do so well. And during difficult times, the equity market comes down, then the fixed income portion do, uh, does very well. And that is diversification within a balanced fund. Correct. Now you take it one step further and in, I'm not only trusting one manager to get that all right, you now diversify that by having five different balance funds. So you feel as if you are diversified at two levels. My only problem with that is by buying five of the same thing from different providers, you end up paying more costs in that process. And that's where I referred to in the beginning. If you had a core holding of South African equities and then active portfolio around that, it is a more efficient way of achieving the exact same risk-balanced objective. Your problem there is that all five of those managers are going to buy Anglo. All five of those balanced managers probably own Sasol. And, uh, and hence you actually did not achieve the diversification at the core level when something big breaks down. So what we're looking for is something unique in, within each portfolio that can fire when maybe something else is not firing to constantly give us some sort of forward traction without, as we said earlier, inviting the devil into the portfolio. Absolutely correct. We often refer to those as shock absorbers. Right. And that any growth portfolio want a shock absorber when that goes through a speed bump that it absorbs it. And so we use alternative products for that and we have a whole range of alternative products, but it is in essence anything that has a low correlation to the equity market assists you through tough times. Fantastic. George, please hang on the line fast. We need to run to the shops quickly. We're already a minute late. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's 22 minutes past 12. And on the line with me is Director and Chief Investment Officer at Citadel, George Herman. George, we are in the, the last part of the show. And what a lot of people are asking, um, you know, really, they, when they, well, I think when they hear your title, they just really want to pick your brain, is that I've got 15 SMSs saying, my investments have done nothing. For the last five years, what should I do? I mean, that is a very relevant point right now because uh, the South African market has gone absolutely nowhere over the last five years. The South African market in dollars is now negative over the last five years. So you're spot on right. But uh, there, the asset allocation is the important issue. So your investment could have only gone nowhere if you only owned South African equities. South African bonds outperformed equities significantly. South African cash outperformed uh, equities significantly. And global equities outperformed South African equities significantly. So it is very important that you do have a global perspective on your portfolio and assess your global wealth rather than only your South African assets. It is super important for a globally diversified portfolio to achieve your long-term objectives of beating South African inflation because South African companies are finding it very difficult 
to overcome all the structural hurdles of business and a lack of growth in South Africa. Okay, so that really answers the questions. The bottom line is that if someone is invested now, um, they've lost money, so to speak, on their portfolio. Is this a time to sell out and go into a safe haven like an income type of fund, or should they just fuss bait and sit it out? No, that's a, it's a very negative view on the world to go into an income fund right now. An income fund is going to give you something slightly more than inflation. Well, in South Africa right now, it is kind of attractive because you could probably get around 8% on a, on an income fund, maybe seven and three quarters and you, uh, and inflation is only four and a half. But unfortunately, if your wife shops at upmarket shopping centers, then unfortunately your inflation is not four and a half. But in any case, um, no, they mustn't uh, go negative growth assets. Although the world is very nervous about recession right now, and the last week has been instructive on that, uh, we don't see a recession in the short term developing. Uh, global central banks are very accommodative and will be stimulating global economies even further. And we think growth has more legs to go and you should still be exposed to growth assets for the next six to nine months. You know, George, I, I spend a lot of time reading, listening, being involved in, in the financial services industry. The last two minutes speaking to you have been more positive with backup and, um, you know, reference to sources as to why you're positive. Then I've heard from all the noises um, in the last while. How do our listeners get information from you? Um, are there constant press releases that have come out on the Citadel website? Is there an emailing list that they can be part of? Because at the end of the day, if you're constantly bombarded by negativity, it really affects the way you go through your day. What you said in the last two minutes really says, hold on. It's just a speed bump. It's just a pothole. The road hasn't fallen apart. How do people get information from yourself and from your company? Thank you, Avi. Firstly, um, I'm a commentator on the global financial markets, and we call it as we see it, uh, whether positive or negative. We don't try and purvey either one of the two messages. Sometimes uh, risk levels are elevated, and then one has to. Uh, I like the risks, but uh, being a prophet of doom at the moment is pretty easy uh, because there's many facts around, but I don't see that as the actual picture right now. In terms of ourselves, uh, I think our website is the best place to start, but we're an advice business. We want to interact with people one by one, one coffee at a time. We solve people's problems. That is what Citadel does uh, in solving people's financial Great, George. Just before I let you go, one last SMS that's just come through. Um, the, what, what, the, what, the, what the SMS says, and I'll read it verbatim, is that my investments are modest. I don't have a lot to invest. I'm looking at putting away a 5,000 rand a month. Where should I go? What company is most suited to me? I'm not quite sure you can answer that question directly. Yeah, I can't uh, answer that directly because I'm not a, a, a personal financial advisor. Uh, uh, but, I mean, from an investment principle perspective, there's absolutely nothing wrong. That's not necessarily a small amount of money. That can be well catered for. Uh, in that environment, you know, your tax situation is very important. For an amount of that size, the cost structure of your solution is very important to, 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 to think about. So uh, I, would, uh, I would once again say that you could go to anyone of the wealth management uh, shops, but make sure that you focus on uh, transparency and the costs of whatever solution is offered to you and buy a multi-asset solution rather than being sold a single product. 
Fantastic. George, it has been a wonderful interview. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for your positive outlook. My pleasure, Avi. Thanks for your informed uh, interview. Great. Thank you. That was George Herman, Director and Chief Investment Officer at Citadel. You've heard it directly from the man who makes the decisions as to where Citadel's clients' money is invested. What was positive about it was that the research has been done, publicly said on a public radio station that things are going through a very difficult time now. And to be a doomsday prophet is very easy. But recession is not looming around the corner. Your investments are under strain. But it's a time to look forward and it's a time to really just appreciate what you've got and where it can go. Please go along to Citadel's web- website. A lot of people have asked me how you spell it. It's C-I-T-A-D-E-L dot C-O dot Z-A. As I've often said, it's a great website, very informative. Please go have a look and a, a look at it. Um, I hope you've listened to Jody Sushard's um, WhatsApp, sorry, um, YouTube clip from last week. Really, really informative. Jo- Jody really spoke there to ladies, to ladies who are in the process or have um, gone through the divorce process, are basically out there alone. And I've used it in my own practice the other way around. When I sit down with ladies who are getting married, who are married, who are in relationships, and are talking very passively about, well, I don't know, well, he'll make a decision, or my partner will make a decision. Everybody needs to make a decision, and everybody needs to know that it is possible and probable that you'll end up on your own, and you'll be the captain of the decisions that you've made. So own them now, and there's advice out there. Please go and listen to Jody's um, YouTube clip. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, if you just Google it, you'll find it, and it really talks to the heart of the matter as to what single people need to do, or people are going from a relationship where they had support to a relationship where they either don't have support or they're not in a relationship. You can own these, uh, own this decision, and you can make it work. It's just a matter of applying your mind, getting past the trauma that you're going through, and knowing that there is help out there. And again, um, for this show, the, the help comes from Citadel. Please go have a look at their website, and everything's over there. Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons. Thank you for listening. We'll be with you next week.